Okay. Good evening. Today I have the lovely Graham with me. Hi, Graham. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Hi, I'm Graham Cumming. Um, I am a novelist, albeit only two novels out at the moment. Um, I, I uh, have written basically all my life, one way or another. Uh, I haven't. Um, yeah, I think I've probably had gaps in, in between at different times, but uh, um, I am a much more focused author now, albeit um, I spend a lot of time writing and rewriting rather than just churning them out. Um, I'm always full of admiration for people who can churn them out, um, you, you know, because it's, yeah, I just don't know how they've got the discipline to be able to do it, but it's, it's fantastic. Anyway, that's not about me. That's um, that's about other people. Um, my uh, existing novels, uh, one Raven's Gathering is um, uh, very much a cross genre. Uh, it's got an element of horror, an element of police procedural. It's got an element of fantasy. Um, in fact, uh, my partner, who is an editor, as it turns out, when she eventually read it, she said, um, the only things that are missing from this are young adult and romance. So um, I think that's probably stretching it a bit, but there's, there's a lot in there. Um, my second one, Carrion, is um, probably much more deeply rooted in the fantasy uh, genre but there are nevertheless elements that cross over into, into other genres, I guess. Um, for me, I think it's really more that I wanted to write, and I do write thrillers, but the subject matter, uh, the stories that I wanted to tell on these two, uh, sort of you know, they, they required me to do something a little bit different um, than, you know, what would what you would normally see in a thriller section of, of a bookshop. So, uh, but I have to say, that's what's out there so far. Um, some of the stuff that's coming up is a little bit more mainstream. And um, uh, yeah, so that, that will probably e be easier to describe when it's available um yeah i don't know yeah i'm talking about me the writer because i guess that's what you want to know so um yeah i think that's probably is that a good enough start yep it will do don't worry i've got questions to tease out more information so that's okay. fine that's okay. a good starting right. point okay <laughs> So you said you've always written in one way or another. So what made you take the plunge and do it properly to actually get published? Um, I well, what uh, I think the, uh, the, the this could be quite a long story, but basically, I, I I'd always known because I was told at school by my English teacher. No, I wasn't. I wasn't told by her. Somebody overheard her saying this and it was fed back to me that if I was not a published author by the time I was 25, she would eat her hat. So as I was approaching, well, as I was, once I got into my forties, I realized that she must be halfway through the average hat shop by now. Uh, and that wouldn't be doing her diet much good. So I, um, but, but I think, the relevance of that is that I started to realize that I had this view in my head that I was capable of being a very professional writer, but my perspective of a professional writer was that they did certain things. For example, if you're a real writer, you write so many words every day, at least. Um, and I found that life got in the way uh, not to mention a certain degree in my younger years of idleness. And I, uh, I decided, uh, yeah, and I found that I wasn't writing consistently. And I kind of got this really screwed up um, 
view in my mind that if I couldn't write like a professional, I shouldn't write. So I actually did go, as, a, as I said earlier, I did have some gaps. Um, and I, 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 got, I was in my early 40s and I realised that I actually hadn't written anything for a few years. And I, I had a sort of shift that in my head that I needed to change that and I needed to uh, just write. And if I couldn't write every day, it didn't matter. And if I had long gaps between... It didn't matter as long as I wrote. And I, the idea was to write for me because I was missing out on the fun of writing and the excitement of pulling a story together and the, the thrill at the end of completing something and having, having something that people could read. So, so I set about starting on what turned out eventually to be this book, Carrion. Um, it had a different name at the time. It was probably a lighter weight book in terms of the subject matter than it turned out to be. Um, and I did have some long gaps. I think the longest gap I had between putting the metaphorical pen down and picking it up again was eight months, um, you know, during which, but it's probably around that time that I split up with the mother of my children and, you know, no, life got in the way so um but i whenever i did write i enjoyed it and, I, uh, and it took me from the time i started that first draft to the time i finished that first draft it took me seven years uh but but the great thing about it was that i learned a lot about writing and what i what I did when I finished the, got to the end of that was that I, I put it to one side as all good writers are supposed to put it to one side and say, I'm going to take a break from that and I'll go back to it and I'll read it later. But I had another story bubbling away. To be fair, I had lots of stories. I've had lots of stories for years and years and years, but this one was starting to come to the forefront of my mind again. And I thought, while that's to one side, I'm going to get started on that one. And, that, and that took me, the first draft took me eight months compared to seven years. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so as I say, I'd learned a lot. Um, and I'd learned a lot about structuring it and planning it. And so, you know, I, yeah, so that, by the time I'd finished it, the first, the first draft, it, it wasn't right, but it was a lot more right than the, the other one. Um, and that's why I focused on that one. And uh, that's why Raven's Gathering came out first, because it didn't take as long to fix. Um, but, but basically, I suppose to, to answer the, 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 that answers your question, I think really is what made me shift to yeah, writing professionally, I suppose, uh, if that's the right way to put it. Um, and then, um, yeah, just got it professionally edited. Uh, and um, I did make some initial starts to try to go down a traditional route. Uh, but I was approaching my 50th birthday at that point, And there was just this thing in my head about, you know, I need to get this out. And I could see from how long it was taking with the traditional route that it just it was going to take ages, uh, particularly as it, it mixed up so many genres. And I thought, that's, I'm giving myself a real battle with the agents and the publishers. So uh, I decided to publish it myself. And I'll stop there because I might be getting into territory where you've got other questions. So I'll, yeah. I will sit back and we'll go from there. No, it's fine. If you talk, it says we are uh, asking, so that's good. That's fine. <laughs> you carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think I think that probably does get me to a certain point. And you know, if it's relevant to go back to other bits later, I will. <laughs> uh, what made you decide to write in so many genres? <sighs> 
I suppose going back to something I said earlier, it's it's the story required it. Um, the story, uh, the story. It, if I go with, because obviously we're talking Ravens Gathering there. The um, the story came from the title. Um, I and the title came to me, I think, in the late nineteen eighties, uh, and I, I remember seeing uh, I, I was driving on, on off on the slip coming on the slip road onto the a1 um and i noticed all these black birds on the hard shoulder you know how they sometimes appear there a group of them and i just said to my then partner oh did you see those ravens gathering and i as, as soon as i said it i thought there's a great title for a story there and then it was just a case of well, so okay got a title but what does it need to be? And as, I, as I've said, I, I prob- my, probably my leanings have, have always been more towards traditional kind of thrillers. So uh, I would have enjoyed stuff back in when I was a teenager, so by Alistair McLean and uh, Desmond Bagley. Um, uh, but also, you know, in recent times, with things like the Jack Reacher novels and, uh, you know, uh, stuff by Robert Crace. So I, I like that kind of thing, but I was also, um, and so I expected that I would write in that sort of vein, but clearly Raven's Gathering said creepy to me. And so I needed to come up with something that was creepy. It had a thriller element to it. Some readers might say it's not that basey at the outset, but it does, but as it progresses, it does get faster. Um, but it, it, it has an underlying sense of menace in it and there's a lot that needs to, that needs to be discovered by the readers. You know the menace is there, but you don't know what it is exactly. And um, so it needed, it was almost, I know, I know one book blogger did say, well, actually two or three have compared it to Stephen King. I don't think it's quite in that league but there are elements that I can see why they might think like that. You know, there's a kind of um, uh, uh, I think well, it's a rural setting. I mean, Stephen King very often has a sort of small town kind of setting, and and it has that. So it's very it's about the people. It's not not it's not like high concept in that sense. Although some of the underlying stuff is, but it's it's very much grounded in the people and how they how these ordinary people react to what gradually become clear of very extraordinary circumstances. So um, yeah, it's just once I'd worked out what the story needed to be, and then there was just no way I could slot it neatly into you know, oh right, well we're going to make it horror or we're going to make it. Uh, crime or we're going to make it police procedural or, or whatever you know we're going to have to have elements of of all of these things in um I, I, again um i know one blogger actually i was re- i didn't get it at first i had to go back and reread a bit but when she she said it started off a bit like emmerdale i'm thinking emmerdale <laughs> what did that come in? but it is because it's setting a farming community a small village but Trust me, you know, it's nothing like Emmerdale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but so I, 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 I so that sort of answers that specifically to, you know, Raven's Gathering, but I don't, and also a, a little bit of that in, in Carrion. But I think the, if I take that a step back and look at not just my thought processes on this, but also my influences. I am a child of the 60s and the 70s. And when I look back at the TV shows that were around then, which were, uh, I mean, I was a complete telly addict then, um, uh, much to my shame now, but, but, but it's a fact of life. But if, if I actually look back at those, and, and um, you're too young to remember half of this stuff, but if I look back at the TV shows that were around at that time, they did very often mix up the genres. You know, they, you would have 
things like Randall and Hopkirk, which was a, a deceased, which was um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but yeah, it's it's a detective show with a ghost in it, <laughs> and, and there are elements of the supernatural there. Or you have series like uh, The Champions, which was uh, kind of uh, a spy-ish kind of thriller thing, but but these guys had superpowers. Not superpowers like Captain Marvel or um, Spider-Man or anything like that, but they had these, you know, extra powers over and above the norm. And, and I, you know, I think that's, I, I'm sure, although I didn't consciously think about it, I have subsequently reflected on it. I thought, yeah, a lot of the shows I enjoyed had more than one genre in. So, you know, I'm quite happy to mix them up a little bit. Okay. If you, yeah, that's fine. Um, if you were to be a character in either of your books, which book would you choose? Oh gosh. Uh, see the ah. That's a really I've. If I had to choose between one or other of the books, see, I can see really good reasons to be in, a, in both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I think one of the characters in Raven's Gathering, I wouldn't say it is me, but there are elements of me in it, it or in him rather, should I say. Um, uh, you know, and I know some friends have said, oh yeah, you used to run, you used to play squash. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's a bit more than that to this character, but you know, <laughs> Um, so, uh, and, and he's not a lead character, you know, he, he's an important character, but he's not, he's not a hero or anything. Um, uh, so, uh, but I, yeah, I suppose actually, if I was to be in one it, of the two, I think probably Carrion, if I'm, yeah, Carrion, because it's a much faster paced. There's a lot more action takes place in it. Um, and, uh, you know, although I'm not as fit as I was, uh, you know, I do, <laughs> I do like to be active, you know. Not that there's not much happens in here. There's, there's action, but it's not as consistent as it is in, in, in Carrion. Yeah. Unfortunately, the main characters in Carrion are teenagers, and I don't think I quite fit the bill. <laughs> well, if you're being put in your own book, then you could be a teenager if you wanted to. So why not? Yeah, it's a dim and distant <laughs> memory, but yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, do you hide any secret jokes or messages in your books? Um, there is a big secret in both of them and they're connected and most people haven't spotted it uh, because it's um yeah I'm, I'm hesitating because i don't tend to talk about this because it's it's venturing to, into spoiler uh area but um yeah, I think I think one person who beta read Carrion uh, did actually say, "Oh, hang on." <laughs> and then just mentioned a character in it and said, oh, "Hang on, what's that?" You know, um, but he never actually pursued that. No, no, I don't think anybody has actually come out and said, "Oh, hang on, I've you know the penny's dropped." Um, they are standalone, and yet they're not. And uh, I, re I have been thinking actually re recently, I, as I ought to be putting something into the message at the end of the books and actually saying, look, if you've worked something out when you've read them both, email me and you'll get something. You know, just... Um, but particularly because they are... They aren't obviously. I mean, they're in different time settings. They're in different genres, um, albeit you know the the mix of genres. But that they they do seem to sit 
in quite different spaces um, from that point of view. And um, yeah, so I, I can understand why nobody's got it. So yes, there are little, I suppose, Easter eggs in there that if, if people are primed, they may just spot it. But I, at the same time, I don't want to prime them too much because if they spot it, it will spoil the ending on both. You know, if they've read one, the ending will be spoiled on the other. Ooh, I bet everyone now is going to be like, well, "What? what is that? I'm going to have to reread them and go find out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go and read and find out. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, if you, uh, as a reader, if you want something that is exciting and that is different, um, if you want something that will have you second guessing, then either or both of these will do that. Uh, I know the number of comments I've had back about Raven's Gathering, because that's been out for longer, so I've had more comments come back from, on that one, um, where it's just like, really didn't see where that was going. Um, but equally with Carrion, then a lot of people who, who've read it and, and given me feedback have said, oh, my God, the clue was there right at the beginning and I just didn't see it. You know, it just was, yeah. How on earth did I not see that? And How did you hide that for so long? <laughs> um, and also, um, you know, because a, a lot of authors will take a view, or oh, I'd love to see this converted into a film or a TV series. Yeah. And I just don't know how you do, Carrion, because there's one thing, it is described all the way through, but you never know what it is until you get to the end. And if it's shown, well, that just gives the game away. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I... If, if you if you want a nice quiet romantic comedy don't come here but if you want, <laughs> want a bit of excitement and you want a bit of if, if you actually like the dark side you know uh, this these will both do the trick in my view yeah and i am slightly biased this is me shit yeah <laughs> What's your most overused word or phrase that you have to edit out? That. <laughs> I'm getting better, but that appears a lot. Yeah, but I, but I just put the word search thing in, you know, on, on Word, and it's just like, oh, God, there's a third of the book is that. Um, <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but only slightly. Um, yeah, no, that that's that is um, without question the one that gets used the most. Um, I'm getting better at trimming it down, and uh, you know, if, but yeah, whatever I write, I almost invariably have to chop loads of that out. Interesting. I've asked that a few times now. It's always something different. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry, it's a, it's a very boring and simple word, but it's it just gets overused. No, I mean, it gives an insight into you. I'm not sure what it says about you, but, you know, it's all interesting. It's all, all the evidence is stacking up, so that's fine. Right, OK. Not sure what that <laughs> means, but there you go. Well, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have lots of author friends? Do I have lots of author friends? Uh, I have a growing band of author friends. Um, I do like to go to events. As I said earlier, uh, before we started the interview properly, I've, I've missed going to um, events. Um, I've, I was really looking forward to going to Harrogate last year for the Crime Festival. Uh, I've been a couple of times before and I'm sort of really getting into it. 
Um, uh, I've been to, well, in Stoke, um, uh, there's a, I met Claire at an event in Stoke. Uh, there's a, a couple of bloggers, I don't know if you know, Kerry and Steph, uh, who um, uh, chat about books and Steph Loz something. Oh my, that's really bad that I cannot remember. But uh, they, um, they organise an event for bloggers and uh, book bloggers and authors to get together. Uh, and they were doing uh, about two or three a year. Uh, so I've been to several of those and, and uh, Stoke wasn't the obvious place to go to, but it actually turns out to be pretty useful. You know, there's a train station just across the road from the hotel we used, um, although I tend to drive. But um, yeah, so I've uh, done that. Uh, as I said, I was, uh, no, I didn't. I said it before we had the interview. Um, uh, I used to be, um, there was a thing called the Bloggers Bash, uh, that took place in London every year for about five years. And uh, I did go to the inaugural one and I did get roped into the committee for the last, I think, two. Uh, and those, um, uh, th th there were a lot of authors, proportionately, uh, there, were, there were more authors and writers there than there were bloggers about photography or baking cakes or, or whatever. So, um, so I've got to know quite a few through that. Uh, and I do, uh, there's, um, I live in um, Nottinghamshire and there's an organisation called Writing East Midlands. Uh, I've been to several conferences that they do. Um, uh, that, all of this is just to say, I, I have met a lot of authors. I, I have an increasing number of author friends, but I've only got them through going to events. You know, it's getting to know people. Um, and um, I, yeah, and, and just, just spending time with them. Uh, I would love to say that I know some really, you know, well-known authors that I'm on, um, Lee Childs, uh, he's got my number in his phone and all that kind of thing. I don't have that. Um, but but I've found, I've, I've been surprised actually at, at uh, authors I've got to know. Uh, uh, one who um, I met just before she, uh, it was at a Writing East Midlands event actually, just before she, she had her first novel published. Um, uh, we we haven't done it for a while for obvious reasons, but we do occasionally get together for lunch and that's uh, Louise Jensen. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Louise Jensen. Uh, so I'd, yeah, I'm, I would like to think Louise is a friend. Um, so um, yeah, this, this, yeah. And it's a great place to be. And I think that's actually probably the most important thing to say on that is that, um, I have found, and my, my professional life prior to this has been a completely different field, uh, and I've mixed in other areas as well, but I have found that authors are the most supportive bunch of people. You know, they're not competitive. They're, well, some of them I'm sure are, but and, and they are in their own ways, but um, there, there is nothing I've ever experienced other than support, and that has been an amazing thing to experience. So, um, yeah. Sorry, I rambled on a bit, but um, yeah, probably more than answered your question there. <laughs> it's um, it's what I hear frequently, actually. So it's really nice, um, and it is a great community. And yeah. leads me to my next question, which is: Do you get a lot of feedback from your readers? Uh. I don't get a lot directly. Um, uh, just little bits here and there. I mean, it's mainly seeing reviews, um, uh, uh, whether they are from the average reader or whether they're from book bloggers. Uh, so it's, it's mainly that kind of um, contact that I have. Uh, I'm, I would like to think that I sell enough books to get that kind of direct contact you know that there's enough people out there who, who would want to make direct contact 
I'm certainly open to it, um, you know. Uh, and actually, I, I'm happy to get feedback of, of any kind. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I, one of my favorite reviews, and I am paraphrasing here, was uh, it was on Amazon.com. So I'm guessing it was somebody from America who'd read it. Uh, Raven's Gathering, and they said um, I something along the lines of, this book was so bad, I didn't get it the second time I read it. <laughs> so, you know, thank you for your persistence. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, yeah. But no, yeah. So yeah, I don't mind getting bad reviews because I'm never going to please everyone. Nobody's going to please everybody. Um, the first boss I ever had always said to me, "If you please everybody, if you never, we never get a complaint about you, Graham, you're doing something wrong." <laughs> and I thought, right, okay. <laughs> I wish my company thought like that. <laughs> Yeah, it was a long time ago. I don't think companies do think like that anymore. But actually, it's it's more realistic and uh, more truthful, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't care, you know. <laughs> I have, uh, I've had complaints. But I don't mean to, just people are dickheads, so that's as simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't eliminate the dickheads in the world, can you? No, lots of no. them seem to live in Luton. <laughs> I come to my shop. Right, okay. Yeah. But anyway, this is digressing. See, I can do it too. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You're among friends. <laughs> um, a funny question that I like to ask occasionally is what would be your limit for uh, stalkers? <laughs> if what you were to have... Yeah. If I was to have stalkers, how many would I put up with? No, um, what, what would be your limit for how far they would go? Uh, because some, some are okay with, you know, turning up at their house and stuff. Some not so much. Some are okay as long as you don't stand over watching them sleep. So, you know, there's... <laughs> they all have different limits. Right, okay. I think my limit's well... <laughs> quite away from somebody standing over me and watching me sleep. <laughs> I mean, the way I snore, they'd be listening to me sleep. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's, I mean, um, I, I'm, I've got to say, not too enthused about them standing outside my house either. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite a pro, although I'm happy to come out to these sort of events and um, go out and meet people, at the same time, I'm... I think I'm quite a private person. So, you know, I, um, I, I think, you know, the, the, the occasional message on social media is about as far as I'm happy with, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, never really given that a lot of thought before. So if I come up with any other answers, Donna, I will email you, but I won't do it in a stalkerish kind of way. Um, <laughs> well, usually I'm accused of being the stalker rather than the stalky, so that's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Very harshly, I think, maybe ish. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, am I going to find out? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll wait and see, won't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm on ten hooks. Yeah. Well, then you'll learn your limits really quickly. <laughs> oh right. Okay. Right. Remember, remember, I snore. <laughs> so do I. It's fine. Okay. Sadly, apparently, I was kicked out of uh, rooms on school trips constantly. So, yeah. Right, okay. Right. So that doesn't scare me. You're going to need to find <laughs> something else. <laughs> anyway, books. That's what we're here for. Books, yes. Okay. Yeah, we digressed again. Well, sort of. That's my fault anyway. Um, what's been your favourite moment so far being an author? My favourite moment? Um... It, it, that's really difficult because there's, I mean, there are there are all kinds of moments as you go along the way. I mean, actually getting um, uh, an editor saying to me, right, okay, that's really good. 
um, you know, that's that's brilliant. Um, I suppose getting a reader, of course, saying, oh, oh God, I can't believe what you did with that. And, um, that that's uh, uh, incredible. Um, I have uh, recently, uh, I did say I'm, I'm working on other projects at the moment, and um, uh, I've uh, recently had a, a Zoom meeting with, uh, it was, there was an agent one-to-one arranged um, uh, with, uh, on, a, on a conference that I was doing. Um, and I'd had one before and I'd really got some quite poor feedback. Well, it was probably good feedback, but I didn't, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, but uh, yeah, this guy uh, said to me, he just had a, a sample of the first, well, he just had the first chapter as a sample. Uh, and um, he said, I've really, you know, what you're waiting for me to do is give you some very constructive criticism of, of what, yeah. And in reality, what you have written there is an excellent piece of noir. Uh, so he said, I've got nothing to, you know, I've got nothing to suggest that you do to make that better. So that's good. Yeah, that's, that's really encouraging. Um, and that one is, because it's more mainstream, that one is currently out to ag- other agents now. So I'm waiting to get feedback on that because I think it's worth having a, having a go. It might go nowhere, but we'll see. Um, so, as ah, an author, what else? I don't know. If I, uh, being invited to do um, there was a um, the Deepings Literary Festival uh, over at Market Deeping or yeah, around there. Um, uh, they last year, although it wasn't the festival itself, they did a sort of an interim thing, which is a um, oh god, what did they call it? Um, read dating that was what they called it uh so basically you sat at a table as an author with your books and people would come in and they'd sit down with you for five minutes you'd chat ring the bell move around to the next table and that was a, an interesting experience and I'm, I'm hoping i can get involved in in doing something similar again because that was really good fun um but yeah i can't say that there's one individual item that stands out, you know, uh, just completing a novel, the satisfaction of completing a novel is just, yeah, euphoric at times. So, yeah, that's it. There's been uh, sadly no best-selling moments. So, um, you know, nothing outstanding in that sense. (laughs) And what would be your dream? What's your big dream? My big dream is to be able to make a living from writing. That's it. And it doesn't even have to be a great living. You know, I have fairly modest uh, requirements when it comes to income. So, you know, if I could just make a living, um, just just get by with what I earn from, from selling books, that would be brilliant. To be fair, I know I need more than two out to do that, you know. But I'm working on it. Yeah. If you were able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Oh, a day. Probably. Oh, it's a toss-up here. Um... Now, I think uh, the toss-up is between Wilbur Smith and Clive Cussler. And I think Wilbur Smith, because of the... uh, uh, He was a massive influence of me as a reader and a writer. Albeit, I wouldn't even attempt to write the kind of material that he could produce because 
it's just the, the, the canvas he paints on is so vast. It's just amazing. Um, but yeah, he, he reading Wilbur Smith taught me so much about continent that I've only visited once and that's Africa. It's just, uh, yeah, and his breadth of historical knowledge. I know it's fictionalized, but I know a lot of it is in truth. Uh, so I think he would be fascinating uh, to learn from. Uh, however, I would probably opt for Clive Cussler. Um, again, an author that I read as a teenager and into my 20s. Well, actually, I think I was still reading his books when I was in my early 40s. Uh, I have stopped in recent years. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of collaborations, and a lot of the books are, this is, such a, this is Clive Cussler's character, but it's somebody else writing it. Um, but I think what it is about Kussler is that a lot of the stuff he wrote about, he'd lived, you know, he, I mean, not all the really far-fetched stuff he did. I mean, he never raised the Titanic, but he, you know, he did a lot of diving. He did a lot of adventuring and exploring and stuff like that. And I think he would be fascinating to spend time with, uh, to, in conversation, but I think also, he would be, um, uh, it, it, yeah, I would hope that not now because he's dead and probably not in the last 20 or 30 years because of his age, but, but if he a younger version, then he would, I would love to have been taken on some of his uh, trips, even if it was just to go diving or exploring something. Awesome. <laughs> And what do you like to do when you're not writing? What do I like to do when I'm not writing? What I like to do and what I actually do can vary a bit. Um, what I, um, what I, I suppose my, um, I like to get out walking, which I was going to say sounds pedestrian, but of course it is. Um, is <laughs> but I, I do like to get out walking in the countryside and, um, I think as I'm, I'm getting older, I'm appreciating wildlife a lot more. Uh, my partner and I are having great fun at the moment with a lake by a lake near to us, um, which is, um, we've seen geese and coots that have had babies recently, and that's been fantastic to see that. Um, I think they've got to know us because we take, uh, there's this, you know, lots of people will take bread to feed the, ducks and that and it's it's not good for them so we take bird seed down and um yeah big lesson to anybody who does watch this if you're thinking of taking bread don't it's not good for them uh besides if you get a big bag of bird seed it will last weeks and it will so it'll be a lot cheaper um and yeah but they love it i mean there's almost a stampede when we arrive because they know we're going to feed them. They just come rushing towards us, and that's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's been our big thrill recently. But, um, yeah, I mean, I like cycling and um, off-road, preferably. Not, nothing adventurous, just it's too dangerous on the roads, isn't it? Um, and, and sailing, although sailing's not been a... Uh, uh, very practical recently uh, you know, for the last 18 months because of the pandemic uh, but I'm hoping that I can get on the water soon I will clarify sailing I can I, I will go and crew on a, a yacht occasionally but it's usually just dinghy sailing uh, which I prefer because you get close to the water uh, I do like I do like to be in the water <laughs> um, which again is something that tends to come up in well it comes up in carrion water appears quite a lot in carrion um, uh, and trees appear in both of them um, I, I suppose my uh, I live on the edge of Sherwood Forest so um, you know it's nice to get out I'm very fortunate that I can get out into uh, into woodland quite easily and quite quickly so yeah um uh that aside reading going to the cinema and uh not so frequently but uh where i can get to the theater 
So that's probably, yeah, me. I like entertainment and I like a bit of activity. That's, that's, <laughs> that's me, I think. Awesome. That sounds good. <laughs> Who was your first celebrity crush? Who's my, oh God. <laughs> Who's my I did first... warn you. <laughs> Sorry? I did warn you I was going to get it all. Who's my all first the celebrity crush? Well, oh. Um, oh, God. I actually can't. I suppose as a kid, I had a man crush on Roger Moore because he was the saint um, b before he became James Bond. But um, uh, in terms of a... Um, Hmm. Do you know I actually can't think of one? <laughs> that's that's really sad. That's, yeah. Uh, I'm tempted to say Farrah Fawcett because that's the only one that springs to mind, but I'm sure that I've probably had one before then. Um, but I'll stick with those if that, yeah, I cannot think. <laughs> Because I think I say Farrah Fawcett because like she had the she was I suppose iconic at that uh, in the mid to late seventies and um, so you know just she attracted the attention and you know I was a teenage boy. <laughs> yeah, I love I love asking this question because. For women, it's usually David Casty or Donny Osmond, like literally pretty much. And with blokes, it could be anything from a guy to cartoon characters to Debbie Harry to just anyone. It's a really, really interesting insight into you boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, on that basis, probably it was Lady Penelope in Thunderbirds. <laughs> yeah, not the first time that's come up either. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. So what's your no, most embarrassing... No, it wasn't. I've, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Come on then. It was Emma Peel, Diana Rigg, from the, in the, <laughs> Emma Peel in The Avengers. That would be who it would be. Mm, see, I get there in the end. Just keep... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it out of yeah. here. Yeah, I, I've got to say, it's a much more... Um, it's a much more appealing option than um, a supermarination puppet. So, <laughs> yeah. And what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> most embarrassing thing. Um, ooh, where do I start? Well, there are some that I won't share. <laughs> Um, alcohol and nakedness I've had it all so <laughs> actually, actually no, now you've mentioned alcohol this this one is um it's embarrassing in one sense in another sense I didn't know much about it at the time okay I uh I went I met up with an old friend uh, who was living in Oxford uh, at the time, I'd, I'd travelled down for the weekend. Uh, he was living in a, a shared house, uh, and um, uh, we went out for the night. I got absolutely hammered. Uh, I thought I could handle my drink at the time, but my tolerance must have gone down. And I was quite ill, but I think I managed to keep it outside the taxi on the way home. Uh, when I got back, I was um, I was sleeping on the floor in his uh, room, and I have a vague recollection of getting up in the night to go for a pee. Um, and that's all I remember until the next morning when uh, my friend Colin uh, got up and he went off downstairs. And I was still sort of half asleep on, on the floor. So I was just vaguely aware of him going. And a few months later, there's a thundering of his feet as he came running up the stairs. 
They said, Graham, you've got to go. I've got to get you out of here now. What? Just, yeah. Anyway, I had to quickly get dressed, grab all my stuff and go. Because one of his housemates was gunning for me uh, if I if she had seen me. And I'm not sure if her boyfriend was as well. Because it turns out that, and I could, I've, I've, we've pieced this together at, subsequently, turns out that when I got up to go to the loo, I must have gone to the wrong room on the way back. Think, found, walked into a room and this housemate and her boyfriend were enjoying each other, should we say. <laughs> I must have mistaken the boyfriend for my friend Colin and demanded to know where my... Uh, <laughs> where, where, where my girl was? Yeah, you know, why, why has he got one and I haven't? <laughs> and that's all I remember. Well, I don't remember that. That's what I was told. So I just, you know, I had to make a hasty exit and go and grab a train and go home. <laughs> Slightly hungover. <laughs> And did you ever see them again? Were you ever allowed back? <laughs> no, I've never. And funny enough, I've not seen Colin since. And this is about 1989, I think. <laughs> yeah, so I've, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that friendship kind of dropped off to one side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> What's your most treasured possession? My most treasured possession. I'm probably because I'm not really big on possessions. Um, but yeah, I, I, people are more important to me. Uh, my partner is very important to me. My children are very important to me. My mum. My dad would have been, but he's not been with us for a while. Um, yeah, my sisters and my nieces and nephews. Uh, yeah, people are important to me. Uh, so I don't tend to get very attached to things. But probably I, I, my dad, um, a few years before he died, he actually, he said to me, he gave me his watch. Now, my dad never wore a watch. Um, he could tell the time without, no, without wearing one. Uh, because, because he never wore one, he was just always aware of what time it was. It's strange. Um, but the watch he gave me had been hit, a 21st birthday present to him. Um, so I hardly ever wear it. Uh, but when I do, it'll be for a special occasion. You know, I'll only wear it for a special occasion. Um, so that's that's probably it. I cannot think of anything else. That's a pretty good one. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are you working on at the moment and what's coming next for you? Okay, well, I've mentioned the... Um, this book that's out with uh, agents at the moment, seeing if I can get a bite. Um, that is actually the first in a series. Uh, and that is, um, that's more straightforward crime thriller. Uh, but it's, um, it's not a police procedural. Uh, I don't, in all honesty, I don't know enough about police procedures. I've read a lot, but I don't know. Uh, I think, yeah, and I, I, to be honest, I didn't really want, I think there's a lot of police procedurals out there, some very good police procedurals, uh, but partly I think uh, because I, I was brought up in that era where on TV there were the almost freelance detectives, you know, I mentioned The Saint and um, there were uh, lots of other similar kinds of characters out there. Um, so I always liked like that um 
sort of the gifted amateur, probably somebody who's had some professional experience in the past, but now works for themselves. Um, and anyway, so I've, I, I, I have created a character uh, who is, uh, is an ex-policeman, uh, is, was an undercover officer, and that um, experience undercover, uh, I mean, there's a, I believe there's an inquiry on at the moment about undercover policing generally uh, because of bad practice. And uh, the, actually only heard something, a comment about this on the, on the news the other day, uh, but I'd, for, I'd forgotten about that, but I, I knew that there was a lot of bad practice. And, and basically I've made him guilty of some of that and he was dismissed from the force. Uh, and he, but the, some of the undercover work that's gone off on the, in the past uh, has been investigating um, protest groups. Uh, and a lot of those protest groups aren't, aren't doing anything other than trying to help people. You know, so whether they're environmentalists, whether they or people or animals, you know, they're, um, you know, who, who have animal welfare at heart. I mean, I have for 21 years been, no, 22 years. I have, it's 22 years since I ate any meat. Uh, I did used to eat fish. I, I um, only ate uh, a year and a half or so ago, became vegan. Um, uh, and I, I, you know, so I feel quite strongly about uh, animal welfare myself. But also, uh, the, I think there is a lot of social injustice out there anyway. Uh, homelessness is a thing I feel quite strongly about. Uh, and I wanted this character to be, yeah, he's been a bad cop, but he's not been a bad cop for the, you know, because he, he, um, he's a bad person. And through doing this um, undercover work, I actually started to uh, sympathise with a lot of the people he was supposed to be spying on. Um, uh, but uh, anyway, this is all his past. Now, in his present, uh, he, uh, having been dismissed, he works uh, on the, well, the first, my current working title on the first one is borderline because he works on the borderline between the law and the criminal uh, side of things. And he works, you know, sometimes works with criminals. Uh, one of his friends is a drug dealer uh, who has some interesting views on uh, decriminalization of drugs, um, which I am sympathetic. Although I've never taken drugs, it's something I'm sympathetic to. Um, but I, um, but also the main character runs a homeless hostel, uh, which is set up under the radar because he doesn't want to be interfered with um, by the authorities. Uh, and so there's a lot of good stuff, but there's a lot of bad stuff goes off as well. And um, so uh, I'm set. I, I, I never wanted to write a series but I am going to write a series about this character. So look out for Rand Scott. Um, and uh, he will, uh, I've got six novels outlined already. Um, it may stop at that, um, but it's got a whole raft of things in there from, yeah, it, it's sleazy. There's a lap dancing club at the center of this. There's a, yeah, and I have to say it, I have been given the opportunity to go to lap dancing clubs. I can't think of anything more. If you want to know what would be embarrassing, me in a lap dancing club would be embarrassing because I, you know, I would be studying my feet for the whole of the time I was in there. You know, I just don't feel comfortable with that. Um, and so, so a lot of that's come from imagination, what I've seen on TV and film, but, but um, I, and I've, I've tried to poke fun at it, you know, um so i think there's some humor in there it's it's as might be expected from anybody who's read anything i've written there is a dark side to it um without getting into different genres uh but it's uh yeah it, it's uh, I'm, I'm i'm excited about it 
I think the storylines are, uh, on the face of it, might seem a little bit straightforward. Uh, and I was concerned, like th these two have really big twists in them. And I was concerned that there weren't enough twists in this, but my partner who I mentioned earlier is an editor and she's, um, she's read it through a couple of times and she said, no, there are twists in there. They're not bang, kind of, you know, really grab you by the throat twist, but there are a lot of things that come up that you're not expecting. So, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, and, and I think uh, there's, there's a, a good supporting cast. Um, I have um, an ex-military ex uh, person who helps out running the homeless shelter because uh, this character who's called Hazard sounds big and butch, but it's a woman. Um, and I wanted her to be, um, you know, she is the tough guy. <laughs> yeah, she is tougher than Ram. Uh, he turns to her for backup when he needs real, you know. <laughs> um, and I've, uh, he's got uh, an ex-colleague uh, uh, who's, who's also a female copper. Um, and uh, probably my favourite character in it, a guy called Fender, who is a, a criminal journalist. Uh, but he's just an absolute, he, he's a mess of a bloke. Uh, his signature uh, is to fart on a regular basis. He, he's, he's comical in some senses, but he's also quite tragic. Uh, but he's, um, yeah, I, I know that every scene that he's in, although he's not in many, uh, it's, it's one that will be memorable. Um, and so, I'm, so that's, Borderline and the sequel, sorry, this follow-up, the second one in the series is um, I'm um, I'm in the process of writing that at the moment. Um, uh, it's got a working title, Warriors, but I think that's going to change. So um, yeah, it's I, I've cons I consider it to be pulp fiction with a social conscience. Awesome, they sound great. I look forward okay. to them. <laughs> okay. And you may be relieved to know, I don't have any more questions for you, unless you think there's anything I haven't asked that you want to tell us. Um, no, there's, I don't think there's anything that I, uh, yeah, there's nothing that's jumping out at me that you've overlooked. Um, I didn't know what was in store tonight, so I just turned up late, but I did turn up. Um, and um, yeah, I just think, yeah, I suppose, uh, this is uh, just a great opportunity to plug not these two, although please do anybody looking at this, if you're curious and have a dark interest, then by all means do pick up Raven's Gathering or Carrion, but look out for the, what's it called? The, what's the, what's my mind's gone a blank, Tales on Trent. What's the, um, what's, What's the event next year? Author signing. Yes, Tales on Trent. Yeah, it's Tales on Trent. Sorry, um, forgive me. I'm getting mixed up with some of the. So, uh, Stoke on Trent next May. I can't remember the date, but it'll be 14th. out there somewhere. Sorry? 14th. 14th of May next year. There's a great opportunity to come along to uh, an event where we have authors, 50 different authors for across all kinds of genres who are going to be uh, there to sign books, to talk about books. There will be panels, I believe. There's a possibility I may get dragged onto one. I don't know. Uh, but um, I will be there, and so will a lot of other really interesting authors. And uh, I hope that anybody watching this, if you're not already thinking of going, you look that up and you find out and you, you get along. I believe there's an evening event as well, isn't there? There so is indeed. A social event. So you can actually come along and buy me a pint or probably more <laughs> like mineral water or something, you know, but you or I'll buy you one, whatever. We'll 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 have a drink. <laughs> I must know somebody someone. You could buy yeah. me one because I'll definitely be there. I, I have no choice in the matter. <laughs> right. I will look forward to that, Donna. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And bearing in mind how my memory's been this week. Do, don't hesitate to remind me on the night. 
Yeah, you know, you were saying about the stalker thing. You won't be able to forget me between now and next May. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I just FYI. <laughs> okay, fine. Right. Well, I shall, yeah. I will probably not sleep easy tonight knowing that. <laughs> no, you'll be fine. I can't be asked <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Plus, I have to be up at like quarter to five to go to work tomorrow. So, all right. Okay. So, I'm all right tonight then. You're fine. Yeah. I'm okay. working for nine days straight actually. So, you've got quite a while of peace. <laughs> okay. Fine. I'll, I'll keep, I'll put it in my diary <laughs> nine days from now. Yeah. <laughs> So before we go, would you like yep. to just remind people of where they can find out more about you and where they can get your books from? Certainly. Um, you can uh, go to my website. Excuse me. Go to my website, which is uh, Graham. Now that's no, the spelling. Is that the right way around? Graham, G-R-A-E-M-E, coming, C-U-M-M-I-N-G, one word, .co.uk. Uh, you can go on there and, and see my blog, my uh, stuff about my books, uh, and there will be links on there to buy. Alternatively, of course, uh, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing is debatable, but you can find my books on Amazon. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, which is, I'm at, at uh, hang on, what am I, at Cumming 63 I think um and um on facebook uh you'll find me somewhere just type in graham coming author uh, i have an author page and i have my personal page and uh i'll be there hi uh in full view uh, not there'll be loads on there because i'm not great on social media uh but i i, I do put in an appearance once in a while <laughs> brilliant well thank you very much okay thank you